Hi, and welcome to the Founders Journey podcast, um, our uh, our third episode. So we're uh, we're racking them up these days. Um, podcast uh, Founders Journey podcast is really um, you know really focused on providing act- actionable tips and personal insights around what it's like to lead a startup, start a startup, be a founder. Um, I'm your co-host, Greg Moran. I've got uh, my other co-host here, Peter Dean. Um, <clears throat> hi, Peter. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. Are you um, ready for the big news yet? Or I'll wait. I'll wait. Go ahead. Peter says he's got some big news. I have no idea what is about to happen. But anyway, um, we are joined today as our guest by Lisa First Willis. Lisa is the CEO of a company um, in uh, based in Baltimore called uh, called Truvelop. Uh, full disclosure: I'm an investor in um, in Truvelop. Actually. Peter is too. So I guess full disclosure, we're both investors. In, uh, and so is Lisa. So all of us on this call are investors in Trevella. Uh, so there's the there's the disclosure. But uh, but Lisa, happy to have you join us today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, uh, we're, we're glad. Uh, we're glad you're here. Um, so let's jump into it. Um, you know, let's just start off. Tell us a little bit about your background and uh, and a little bit about Trevella. Sure. So a little bit about me. So I am a career HR executive. I have over 25 years experience um, working in very large companies, global companies, and managing HR on the front lines. Um, I've also worked for fast-growing tech startups. So I've really run the gamut, and I've seen it all. Um, And that's really been the piece that inspired me to go out and start my own company, um, in the HR tech space. So having the background to do it, being the end user of technology, and oftentimes technology that didn't work or that didn't serve the purpose that it was intended to serve, or it really didn't make a difference. So that's really uh, just kind of giving the background on how we ended up with Trevelop being started a couple years ago. It's great. So what <clears throat> what's what's Trevelop? I mean, we know what Trevelop is, but nobody, else, but people listening probably don't know what Trevelop is. Well, you know what Trevelop is, of course, but um, for all of those out there listening, um, Trevelop is a management coaching platform, and we sit specifically in the HR tech space. And what we do at the end of the day is help managers become better leaders. So we have really amazing technology running on the back end. Um, We refer to it as our proprietary coaching engine, and we're using all of this data that we're collecting um, within the platform to deliver targeted recommendations to managers, and we're continuously pushing all of these insights that really, at the end of the day, enables managers to take the next step, and they quickly adopt proactive management behaviors. They're giving real-time feedback to their employees in the moment when it counts, And all of this has an impact on employee performance, on their engagement, and ultimately on retention, which is so important right now. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, as a manager or an owner of a company with people like retention, it's scary because hiring is so hard right now and finding good people is so hard. I mean, the impact of that, it's got to be pretty big for an organization. you know, like what, what is, so how did you get into this? Like what, 
what drove you to this area of, of HR? So in, in, when I think back to um, a time when I was managing talent management and talent development for this global manufacturer, we had 10,000 employees in the U.S., right? And it was post 9-11. It was a super challenging environment. And we had frontline workers. We were turning over, having major problems, right? And when you really take a step back and look at which facilities are performing the best, which facilities have the least amount of turnover, which locations um, do we have the highest levels of productivity and our retention numbers are strong? Well, guess what? It all leads back to who the leaders are in that particular site or location. So for me, it's always been about the manager. And that impacts your employee experience. I mean, you can think about the times that you've worked for an organization and it was an amazing experience. Why? Because you had an amazing leader who was inspiring you, who was coaching you, who was guiding you um, to be the best that you could be. And and they were good listeners too. They got good feedback from it. Exactly. And then you think about the really the, you know, the worst jobs that you've ever had. I, I can think of them. And I, and they're so you, they're just resonate with you so much because those, those were times where you had a manager who rarely spoke with you. They were right. a task master. Um, they didn't encourage you. Um, if you did, if you missed a deadline, it was dropping the hammer. And it wasn't about, Hey, I noticed that you're struggling right now. What's going on? How can I help? What can I do um, to get you back on track? What are your barriers or challenges? If nobody's having that conversation with you, that employee is set up for failure. And that was really, that, that's, the, that's the missing link, right? And you can have all these technology platforms. You can have all of this technology at your fingertips. But at the end of the day, if it's not guiding you, to go do something or take action or go engage with your team, then it's worthless technology in, in my opinion. So I had a manager, uh, I had a manager one time who used to, when he would get annoyed with people used to say to them, well, if you were smart, what you would have done is, and then (laughs) is that the kind of like management tip that Truvella provides? Is that like good solid management right there? Yeah, absolutely, Greg. Um, because I thought it was genius, but I was on the receiving end of it all the time. So, right, the most demotivate. We push demotivating insight. <laughs> Do you remember? Yeah. Do you guys remember the old? Um, there was like you remember the. I don't even think they're around anymore. Remember that business successories that used to like put up the. Like you go and, oh, and yeah. it'd be like you know it'd be like the picture of the eagle would be like soar with eagles or whatever. Yeah. You know the like cliched saying, and then yeah. then there was a company that was like that did that. I can't remember the name of the it company, was the, but like, that was yeah, like demotivation, demotivating. Right? You know, it'd be like you know, the big picture of an eagle would be like this eagle Not flew into a tree and died or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not gonna no. happen. Well, I'm glad Instead you did those arguments. Make it happen, it's not gonna happen. <laughs> right. right, don't even try. It's probably not gonna happen. So just to, just to be clear, we're kidding. <laughs> this is not what Trevelop does. Trevelop right. doesn't provide that. But yeah. but I mean in all seriousness, I mean, this is a huge problem, right? When you look across yeah. 
especially, you know, having led a, a high growth company. I mean, this was something that we struggled with all the time, right? Was yeah. because I think usually what would happen also at the time is we would promote people from an individual mm-hmm. contributor role and yeah. stick them in a manager role. And I mean, these are fine people and, and capable yeah. people. And many of them went on to have incredible management careers, but we didn't train them. We just stuck them in and said, great, meet Peter. He now works for you. Have fun. Right. Yeah. And, the, I, and think I think it, it it's a it common structure, thing, right? right? It just, it gives you this structure to work under that allows you to be a good manager. Right. In many ways. I know I'm like the word <laughs> I'm horrible, you know, at this stuff. So anyway, Peter is a bad manager. I can, I yeah. He, he would awful. <laughs> but um, this is, but I mean, is that, is that kind of the common use case though, that you, that you see is, you know, it's, it's kind of people ending up in these roles that are, they're untrained. They don't know what they're necessarily getting mm-hmm. themselves into. They don't know how to have a difficult conversation. Is that kind of the typical thing that you see? We do see that quite often, right? So, or there's a span of control issue. So you might have, you know, you have a, a team of 25 people just because of the nature of the of the work today. Um, everyone's trying to do more with less yeah. um, or they're being promoted into, into roles that they haven't been provided any sort of management or supervisory training. Now, it's yeah. important to note we're not an LMS. Um, we're not saying, oh, you're a new manager. Go read these 25 books. What's, or, in our, what's oh, an LMS? Just a Sorry, learning just, learning management system. Got it. Okay, cool. Where where we're just you know it's a library of resources. Yep. That's not what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, one of the things that that it just gives you a good example. So imagine if you um, have a new team member on your team, right? And they're they're starting, and um, you're not quite sure how to onboard them effectively, um, and because they're new. Imagine if the technology would push notify that manager and say, hey, you have a new team member on your team. Remember, this is the most difficult time during the first 30, 60 days. Make sure we're acclimating this team member to the role and doing it well to ensure success. Um, But then we don't stop there, right? Then we push additional information to that manager and say, here's a couple of things you can do to really make sure this is an engaging experience for your team member and set them up for success. And that could be conversation starters. It can be quick hit videos. It's giving them all of these resources so that using your mobile device, you're literally scrolling through different ways that you can best engage with this team member once you know a little bit about them. So if someone is struggling, if they're underperforming, there's manager actions that you can take to get that team member back on the right track, we're pushing those very simple insights to that manager that say things like, check in with your team member, ask them how they're doing and what problems they're experiencing. What's standing in their way? Um, Meet with this team member regularly, frequent uh, check-ins for two or three minutes, make all the difference. So it's making this entire manager and employee relationship um, actionable, meaningful, and we're driving more meaningful touch points between that manager and employee as a result. And it's all by making this very simple, making the manager more productive. We're not giving them something else to do other than go have this, this meaningful touch point with your team member that improves 
their overall employee experience. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the old, it's like one of the oldest business axioms out there, right? People don't quit jobs, they quit managers. Of yep. course. And, and I think if you can if you can solve that problem, right, in any company, whether you're a small startup or you know, a small business or or you know, a large organization, mm-hmm. I think if you can solve that problem, it's um, <clears throat> you know, that can make a pretty big, a pretty big difference. So so Travelop is where you're that's your mission today, that's what you're out doing. You had a great HR career. What on earth made you join us in the completely chaotic <laughs> founder side? Of stuff? Like what I yeah. guess my question is like what what were you thinking would be the, back to the founder's the, journey? Like how did you get here? <laughs> right. how did you go from being an employee to having employees? Yep. Within your own company. Yeah. Right. 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 As exactly. an owner. <laughs> you know, as a founder. So it's, it's one of those things where when I think about five years ago, when I made this transition and said, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to build this product. The gap exists today. And I think I can build this product. Um, I was very fortunate right before starting my HR consulting business that I was part of an ad tech startup in Baltimore that was pre IPO. I was the VP of HR and helped grow this company from 25 employees to um, 500 globally, right? We had a successful IPO. There was something very inspiring about the startup ecosystem and the environment that that provided where people were um, working in ways that, you know, really challenged them, really stretched them. Um, You had the chance to meet all of these amazing people, very smart people along the way. And once you get that bug and that itch for the startup and the uh, the startup mentality, it really grows with you. And it's something that it's almost like a disease, Peter. I know you and I have talked about (laughs) where it's like, once you catch this bug, you can't shake it. And everything comes back to wanting to um, build technology and build a solution that impacts people's lives. Um, so that was something that that I think had I not had that experience, I would have never taken this on. Yeah. Right. It, it's interesting because you met you made the point about the people at the startup are different. And people that go there, they seek out an opportunity like this where they can challenge themselves and be a part of an organization that's trying to make a big difference. As opposed to, and I'm not rubbing a big company, but it's just not a place that I've, I've been there, but I don't necessarily belong there because I want to move and change faster than they have the capability to, right? They have to move slower and more deliberate. And we, we don't do that in the startup world. So you, it sounds like you worked with those types of people and that was a big, you know, a big impact in, in your thought about uh, being you know, leading a group of that, you know, a team like that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And at the time when I made the transition, I could not have been happier. I had a successful HR consulting business. I was living large. We were, everything was great. Right. And I said to my husband, I think I can do this. I think I need to do this because what if I don't, what if I don't do it? And what is that going to mean at the end of the day? 
right? I could have the most successful HR consulting business in the world, but if it's not making a difference in people's lives, then why do it? Um, The the big challenge for me at the time was um, we were putting three kids in college at the same time. We still had our youngest at home. And it was one of those questions like, okay, if we're going to do this, like we got to go all in. And within the first year um, of having one income, we sold the big house, right? We, We sold everything we had, downsized. Um, the, you know, three kids are great in college and just went all in and said, we're going to do whatever we need to and do whatever it takes to survive. The big, um, amazing thing to me is that I'm still married to my husband and he has <laughs> and left me out on the street. <laughs> well, you can, then join she can the add her husband. Yeah. Our wives, we have that meeting that like we could have this uh, podcast where we ask them what it was like because that right because the founder journey is not easy like you yeah you take big like i've been with zero money in the bank with a family you know i'm wondering okay what what do we do next right. and then i tell my wife oh i'm starting another company she's like really that's what we're doing <laughs> is that a good idea it's, yeah. it's the best idea I have. I, I, it's the only idea I have. I, I'm great. I got nothing else. You know, like, I, I can't I'm, work for these anyone else. Is that bad? <laughs> I love that question, though. Right? That that you know, what if I don't do this? Because yeah, that's a great question. You know, I think I, I think it's something that you know, it's so easy. I think for people to get sort of hung up in the opposite side of that, right? Of, you know, well, what if I do this? I mean, how do I going to afford the house? Right. How am I going to make the college tuition? How am I going to, yeah. you know, do all these things? And, you know, but when you reframe that question, I, you know, the downside, the downside is often not nearly what we think it is, right? And, you know, it, yeah. it's a, you know, I think it's a, that's a, just a really, really powerful way to look at it. So, so Lisa, it's been five years. You, you migrated into the software business from the HR consulting side of it. What's, what are the big lessons learned at this point? Like, what, what do you, what do you, you know, what has that experience been like? Right. And because there's, mm-hmm. there's good, there's bad. And, you know, what, yeah. what are the lessons that you feel like, Hey, you know, I've, I've learned this about myself or I've learned that Mm -hmm. about myself or, or the business, you know, in general. So I guess two parts. So I'll take the personal things first. Um, I definitely learned to be resilient and I've definitely, um, learned to not be so hard on myself. Um, although I found myself in a situation two weeks ago where I completely failed. (laughs) I, I totally, it was terrible. It completely failed, um, <laughs> let my team down and which was devastating to me. And it took me a good couple of days to get back out of bed and be like, all right, enough is enough. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and, and turn it around. And you know, you got this and give yourself a little bit of credit. You build an yeah. HR tech solution that people are using that managers can't live without 
that are, is incredibly inspiring to, to employees. So yeah, you had this terrible um, fail, epic fail, but don't forget what you have accomplished. And that's been a big learning experience for me. You know, this is a, a very lonely, the founder's journey is a very lonely, isolating one. It's oftentimes a thankless job. So being able to self-motivate and self-course correct and um, just keep keep yourself going, that's um, a lot of the lessons learned personally, right? Totally, totally. That's a, it's so true. I mean, <clears throat> the the fact that you have, that you're, I mean, you, you've got yourself back up. That's the most important thing. But the fact that you are that critical of yourself is probably part of why you're successful today because uh, you hold the bar really high. But as as we've learned over the years, like doing this and making huge fails, like I've made way bigger failures than that, let me tell you. Um, <laughs> whatever it was, I'm sure. Um, I, I know what it was. What I've found, and Peter, I can tell you, you've had much bigger fails. Way bigger. And I've found that failure so is not fatal. Failure is not fatal. Um, but success is not a finish line. It's like, it's continuous, right? And so it's like, once you, it sounds like you realize that and you're like, then you go through that. Then the next one comes and you're just like, that wasn't bad as that. Like that wasn't that bad. Like, <laughs> right. You know, you're like, how bad can it get? Lisa and I were bring it on <laughs> when this incident you know? happened, which incidentally, Lisa thinks was a big deal in the scheme of things that it will be a minor funny story. And, you know, over the, over the, over the long term in the, in the life of the business for sure. Right. We all have those, but, uh, but Lisa and I were, were joking about, you know, all of the, all of the times, right. That as a founder, you, you think, you know, there's this outside perception of, oh, they're CEO of their tech company and this and that. And, um, and, and just the random insane stuff that you kind of find your way into. I was telling Lisa the story about, you know, I was pitching Hard Rock Cafe. It was like one of the biggest deals we'd ever gone after. And and I made the comment to Peter, you probably remember the story. I made the comment to every, all of our sales reps that I could sell better than they could. So I was going to go do the pitch. And I went down to Orlando and I got to the corporate headquarters for Hard Rock. And there were like 25 people in the room and I couldn't even log into our software. Like I literally couldn't log in. I and, remember hearing this story. I mean, just the, just the ridiculous things you find yourself in, right? It's yeah. like it's it's, but that is part of the that is just such a huge part of that journey, you know. Yeah, just be careful about saying you can sell better than a salesperson. Yeah, it turns out I couldn't, and I couldn't yeah. log in. Um, you know the uh, I think you know the the point you made, Lisa, about you know the I think the the CEO, the founder. It truly is one of the loneliest jobs out there, right? And I think, you know, especially in some of the times that, you know, we've been going through where, you know, you're, you're sort of, your life is, I mean, you, I mean, any, everybody, right? Any founder, like your, your life kind of goes from one really hard decision to the next, to the next, to the next. Like, you know, I used to joke with a mutual friend of me and Peter all the time, like my, my entire life had become one giant awkward conversation. Like I didn't have any conversations yeah. that weren't awkward. Right. 
Right. But that's that loneliness, right? That's that. Like, yeah. I don't think anybody understands like what, what the day is like, you know, and it, yeah. it's, it, it really is. Yeah. It really is. You know, the resiliency, I think is a really important thing. That that's absolutely true. I think that's one of the biggest things that, that, you know, you need to take a self check on if you're thinking about doing this, like you just get ready to pick yourself up off, off the floor, you know, and you, you yep. have to do it yourself a lot. I mean, you obviously use friends and people that you trust that you could share this journey with as another founder. And I've always had Greg to share that with, which is, I've been lucky to. Um, and uh, that's another, some advice that people just find other founders because they're the only ones that know how it feels really, to be honest with you. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So the so the resiliency side on the personal side is one of the big kind of self discoveries that you made, and I think it's an incredibly powerful one. On the business side, what do you, what do you what 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 would you tell like you know a new founder coming up like hey I did this it didn't work I did this it worked really well like what what are those kind of business lessons you think you learned? So um, I would say that when building the product, um, not being so fast. Uh, to put something out in the market until you have vetted it with end users, right? That's such an important part of this process. And one that we did from day one, which was, you know, putting this concept in front of a lot of different people and continuously getting feedback from the customer and the end user. Um, even today, you know, we've the, the product's really been in the market for two years, right? But in the last two years, any enhancements that we have made in the product have been based on end user feedback. Mm -hmm. So a good example of this during COVID when it first started and everything was went into lockdown, I had no idea what was going to, what was going to happen. That's when we, we really launched our product, right? And which the timing could not have been worse, but at the same time, we had really great customers and we had to keep going and we pulled all the customers together all of our um, you know, HR leaders at these various customers and said, listen, nobody knows how long this is going to last. We're not quite sure. What do we need in this app that's going to help keep managers and employees connected during this incredibly um, challenging, nobody knows what's going to happen next time mm -hmm. where everyone is just um, freaking out, right? And they said, listen, there's very specific things we need. One of them is a place to publicly praise and recognize mm -hmm. members and keep the celebrations going just to keep people connected. Because, mm -hmm. you know, remember now everybody's in lockdown and you're trying to do your job remote. Um, how do you bring that human element back into the manager employee relationship and keep checking in on people? How are they doing? Are they... Mm -hmm. You know, are they, how's their well-being mentally, physically, mm -hmm. all of it came into, came into play. And that's part of the reason why our customers are with us two, three years later, mm -hmm. is that we built a community and we really lean on one another. So being able to listen to what the end user has to say and pay attention to their needs, that's, I think, a key to a successful product. Yeah, I think it's a great point. I mean, there's, you know, it's it's really easy to kind of, you know, we see products all the time and mm -hmm. as a venture firm, you get kind of exposed to a lot that's out there. Right. And, um, you know, we see products all the time where, I mean, somebody kind of goes into the closet and starts coding away and, you know, comes out with something that is 
interesting and not sellable, right? <laughs> um, yeah. I think it's a really common mistake. And Peter has this great saying of like, you know, of, you know, build what somebody's going to buy, right? Do and, what people are wanting to pay you for. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was, yeah. And, um, but I think it's, I mean, it's super obvious, but unbelievable how many times it's overlooked. And I, I think, I think what, it's easy to say you're doing that as a company, but it's not easy. Like a lot of companies say we're listening and, but to actually do it is another thing. Um, and it's, it, it's, it's hard to take that step and do it. But I think that's, I think that's the big thing that Lisa has, I've seen her do um, is just actually do it. Not just say, Hey, we want feedback, but actually go actively get it um, yeah. and listen, actually take it on board. Cause it's hard to listen when you're thinking, Hey, we're going to do this. And then someone else is like, I don't like, I like this, you know, it's, it's hard to yeah. change your, or let a customer guide you or your so, customer guide you. So if you were to go, if you were to go back in time, right. And, you know, back to the early days of Truebelop, I mean, or, or at any point during that, during that journey, is there, what'd you change? What would you, what would you say to somebody? Hey, I, I did this and this is, this is the thing I I'd change it if I could. I think the really thinking about that, that's a great question, Greg. I haven't really thought about, you know, gosh, what would I really change about the way we approached it? Um, I would have brought on marketing support a lot sooner, right? Because a lot of our time now is being spent on product positioning and product marketing and making sure that we're we're telling the right story that resonates with the end user, with the buyer. It's such an important part of it. And that has always been a gap that we've had. We've had, you know, amazing uh, technologists, right? Amazing product build people. Um, obviously, my background in HR, critical to this, right? Because yep. I'm a buyer yeah. of technology. But that's good. Check that box. Um, sales, we've, you know, we've had... Um, that sales support and sales expertise. Um, but really the marketing one, which is the most expensive when you think about it outside of product, it's very expensive, but boy, it's a must have. Um, yeah. And that's that's what I would say, having that um, product marketing um, resource from the beginning, yeah. boy, it would have saved so much of the time that we're investing now had we had that all along. Yep. Yeah, it's and and Truevelop is hardly alone in in that, right? And I think, I mean, it, it is. It's funny because sometimes you, you know, there's my 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 partner in the venture fund, Ira, who you guys both know well. I mean, he and I have this debate all the time, like which it's like chicken or the egg, right? Which comes first? Does does product positioning come first? Does you know does positioning come first? Does Product build come first, and you know I've and I was wrong in his take, which is product. Uh, so I'll just state that. So when he listens to this, he knows publicly I said he doesn't know what he's talking about. And but you know, but positioning, you know, to me, I mean that because it it can it can dictate so many of the product roadmap decisions that we make, you know, as we uh, as we go down the road. I think Greg, you just ruined my big news. Like my big announcement was that we had 300% growth in followers to the founder's journey. 
And now you just got rid of one of them. So now we only have two listeners, your mom and my mom. And so now like Ira's gone, we have 200% growth. Wait, that's what like founder's be, math, right? What will be, that's right, exactly. What will be the biggest- <laughs> From zero to two. The biggest episode that we, uh, that we have <laughs> is when we actually do get our spouses and yes. we need to include Lisa's husband in this. Yes, uh, that would be sure. wonderful. To come on and talk about what this journey looks like actually from the from the spouse side of it, which will- Yeah, that one will have to have some drinks before we start it. And, uh, <laughs> I think- And then start it. I think the way we need to do that is probably the three of us need to go drinking and just let them do it. We can. Right. Just let them do it and say, right. okay, what is it? Just totally give it to them. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, you know, and, and I'm going back to that point because as, as we kind of start to wrap up our, our time here, I'm going back to that point because I think it's, um, you know, it, it's, it, there's been a lot, you know, that we've talked about today and the, and the power of resiliency and the, you know, to really combat the loneliness of being a founder and, um, and, yeah. and reframing that question, right. I just love, and I'm, I wrote this down. I'm going to write it down wherever I can, which, you know, what if I don't do this, right. As yeah, just it's just an enormously powerful question, but yeah. also the, you know, the impact that, uh, you know, the, the support and the positive impact that the spouse has in this, uh, if, yeah, if, you're, you. if you're married or if you have a partner or whatever that is, right. That, that, that personal support, um, that uh, that comes into this because at the end of the day, you know, th- this is this is a deeply, deeply personal journey. We talk about it as the founder's journey, but it's very much a it's very much a human journey, right? That uh, yeah, you know that that you go through um, in this. Thank you for sharing that because like that that's the stuff that I think really helps people thinking about doing this because that's what they they're afraid of most probably mm-hmm. the business stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. isn't it you're you're afraid of as much as the other stuff that you're afraid of, and knowing that you can get through it, and you know you can get small. Like I've gotten really small before, and right. we're still a family. That hasn't changed. How we interact as people doesn't change. I still have the same friends that support me. That doesn't change, right? And then, but that launches you into, you know, the potential for what you really want to do, and the exhaust of that is is the financial outcomes later on right um it's not necessarily because of that but that's yeah. cool thank you so much for sharing that that was really really pretty brave of you so i appreciate it so that's yeah. it this this is uh we successfully convinced lisa to join us on the podcast which um she didn't say this out loud but i know she was a little bit reluctant to do so hopefully it wasn't uh it wasn't too painful but i can say lisa this is Absolutely, a hundred percent. I know I'm speaking for Peter. The best episode we've ever done because absolutely we've had three. I interviewed Peter. He interviewed me. This crushed what we've. Uh, she had. She probably has a better family than ours that will actually listen. So we could have like five hundred percent growth in our in our following by the next podcast. That's and right. Again, that's that's the founders' math. That's just like saying you know, to a VC. Oh yeah. It's, we're just South of a million ARR. Well, how much ARR do you have? Like 20, 20 K <laughs> it's South yeah. of a million, right? <laughs> That's a true statement. Well, thanks Lisa. This is uh, this is awesome. Uh, where, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Trevelop, yep. how do they do it? Um, Trevelop.com. Um, I can always, yep. Just, just spell that if you could. 
Um, sure. T-R-U-V-E-L-O-P, truevelop.com. And uh, we're obviously also on LinkedIn and soon to be on Twitter as well. All right. All right. Thank and you. just and you're just Lisa at Truevelop, right? If, I am. If somebody yep. wants to somebody wants to contact you directly. All right. Well, this is great, Lisa. Thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. We'll see uh, everybody on the next uh, edition of the Founders Journey. Thank you.